All right, everybody. I'm here with Seth today. We're going to be talking about the MLS is back cup. First, I want to say the name of this cup make, is so bad. <laughs> like the idea of the cup is great. The name of it, it is like who wants to say MLS is back cup over and over again? Certainly a lot of syllables. <laughs> like they could have called it something else like the Corona cup, you know, <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> pandemic cup, like something like that. But I guess we'll take it. It's, some, it's something different. I, I agree with everything they decided to do with this. Although the draw, the group stage draw was really rigged. Like, I, I don't care who says it isn't, but it, it was rigged. <laughs> yeah. I would agree that however they arranged the tournament certainly appears as if they tried to set up rivalries in most of the, oh. in most of the uh, groups. But uh, there's definitely some interesting groups there. Yeah. But uh, in this in this video, we're just gonna go through the group stage or the yeah the group stages here. We're just gonna predict our teams that are gonna go through. We'll go through every stage or every stage, every group. Start with Group A, the big one. So in Group A, we have the host teams, host teams, Orlando, Miami, and then we have New York City FC, Philadelphia Union, Chicago Fire, Nashville SC. So what are we thinking here? Well, in that group, you have Orlando, who struggled really bad last the last season and the beginning of this season. It's hard to say what, what they were going to do, but they were really bad in the last MLS full season. Um, Inter-Miami, a brand new team. Uh, it's hard to say what they're going to be like uh, going into the season. They have some, some stars who have some sort of... Uh, weight to their names they have lee wen former revs player um they have rodolfo pizarro who has won the mexican league um and is usually in and around the mexican squad um but then also inter miami is a team that's also going to be coming up against nashville who are also in their inaugural season um so it's hard to say what nashville is going to look like nashville has some some proven players as well they have uh I believe they have Walker Zimmerman and Dax McCarty in their team, two players who have um, been voted as MLS All-Stars before and have featured for the U.S. national team. So um, those two teams have definitely drafted well and made pretty solid squads, but it's hard to say how well they're going to do, whereas a team like NYCFC has a very good squad unit right now. Uh, they have Matriza, they have... Um, Maxi Morales, and they have a lot of good attacking talent. Their defense has always been a little bit shaky, but they've had the same goalkeeper since their club was created a few years ago. They still uh, play Johnson and Nett. Um, so they have a pretty steady goalkeeper who is probably one of the best keepers in MLS, which isn't a big thing for them because you never know in these group stage and then knockout style tournaments, goalies can sometimes be the hero for a team if your defense is pretty sad. So, um, I would say, to looking at this, I would say the weakest teams in this group are going to be Orlando and the newly created teams. But then also Chicago had a very bad season. Uh, they've, they haven't been the same since, since Schweinsteiger announced his retirement. Um, their strikers really haven't been scoring. They, I believe they signed Barich, who is a former Liga player, to play up top for them. I think he's Slovenian. Um, he was okay in Ligue 1, but I don't think he's like a Schweinsteiger-level star who's going to really change their team. That used to be Nemanja Nikolic for them, but 
he doesn't really score much anymore. I think he might have had injury problems and he is getting older. So I would say definitely the two strongest teams in here in Group A are NYCFC and Philadelphia. But since this is the largest group, uh, the only group with six teams, then the actual three top finishers from that group go through. So I would say the top two spots are going to be between Philadelphia and NYCFC. But the third spot could probably go maybe to any, Orlando any, just because the really Exactly. It, it, could, it could go to Orlando because they have more of a squad unity established than the promoted teams. But you never know. One of those promoted teams could just uh, come out of nowhere and secure that third spot. Yeah, like Orlando, like the one standout player for Orlando, of course, Luis Nani. Mm-hmm. Ever since he's come to the MLS, it seems like he's not only gotten jacked, he's really he's up this playing. I guess he's played very. He's a very good MLS player. Not saying much, but you know, for his age, he played very well. I remember last year he scored an absolute golazo against the Revolution. I was like, yeah, that's a couple fake shots and then in yeah. the top right. Yeah, so. yeah, but the uh, he's probably the biggest name in that group of everyone. 100%. He's he, he has the most. Uh, most hype around him and is probably the best player in any of those teams. So you could definitely see Lewis Nani making an impact. Uh, he's everything goes through him and their team. All right. So final predictions. Who do you got in first place? I'm going to say NYCFC because they were the strongest last season. In second place. Uh, the union. And then third place, I would guess probably Chicago because they've made some signings. All right, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna flip the top two. I'm gonna put Philadelphia first. I just feel like they have more of a complete team. Uh, their goalie, uh, why is his name slipping away from me? I he's uh, Blake. Yeah, something Blake. He's Andre very Blake. Good, yeah, he's a very good goalie. He's gonna. I feel like he's gonna be able to push him through. You know, Badoya. I mean, say what you will about Badoya. He's a really good leader. They got the they got the goal scoring. That was one thing they were really good at last year was goal scoring. So I think that they're just going to be able to pull through more than NYCFC. But again, like it's, it's really just between those two. Like that's going to be a fun match to watch. And then for third place, I might just give it to Orlando. Just because mm-hmm. I, I feel like Luis Nani, and like what this is between the rest of these teams, he can just lift them through that all. Definitely. This is a lot of games too. So Yeah, it's, it, it's a lot of games and – the MLS teams only were able to play one or two matches before this whole lockdown happened. So um, it's going to be interesting to see which teams can click the fastest. All right. We went to group B. We have Seattle, or this is, I should say this is the Western conference, one of the Western conference uh, groups. Yeah. So we have Seattle, Dallas, Vancouver, and San Jose. So this one got really interesting as of like a week ago, because Dallas has had a has a lot of confirmed virus cases, so that means that their first match against Vancouver, who who came in to Orlando late because they had pending results that they needed to know before they flew, so that that match is now postponed for a different time or date. I I don't think they've set it up yet, but that, that's set for another date. So. I don't know. Like this, this group's this one's probably the the one group that's really up in the air. Yeah, I would say everything but first place in this group is up in the air because you have the MLS champions, and then you have three teams 
who are perennially either in the lower reaches of the table or in the middle. FC Dallas haven't seen success for somewhere around a decade. Um, Seattle have been incredible, however, in that decade. Um, Vancouver have never really reached the heights of, say, Toronto. And San Jose are constantly in the shadow of the other California teams. So I would say this is very easily going to go to the Seattle Sounders. Um, they have great talent in their team. Nicholas Ladero, Raul Ruiz Diaz. They have some great players there. Um, excellent attacking talent. Jordan Morris, I think, is fit. Um, so they have, they have a lot of uh, firepower. Whereas I look at the other teams, you have an aging Wondolowski in the San Jose side. You have a very young attack. Greatest goal scorer um, of all time. Come on. Great, greatest goal scorer in MLS history, but he is, he is getting older and he's scoring less goals year by year. In FC Dallas, you have a very young team, but who knows which of those players are even going to be able to play because we don't know who tested positive. They have Paxton Pomacall and Jesus Ferreira, but those guys might not even be healthy. So you can't really say much about that. Plus, it's such a young team uh, with a pretty exciting coach, but um, I don't expect too much from them, especially with this whole virus situation. And then Vancouver is never really a team that's ever put up a threat in playoffs or in the regular season. So I would say under uh, – nope, wrong coach. Under um, – I the name of the Vancouver coach is escaping me right now. But they've always been like a very steady defensive side with a couple exciting players. And really the only player in their team that's even remotely exciting is uh, Freddie Montero. And I don't even know if he's playing. So I would say it's easily going to go to Seattle with this one. Who do you got in second? See, second is really difficult because of the FC Dallas situation. If they didn't have so many uh, issues with people catching coronavirus, I would say FC Dallas would be my guess for second. But I'm going to go with San Jose because they have some decent talent that have played in Europe, such as... Uh, Valeri Kwasi Ashvili, and um, I believe Magnus Eriksson is still playing there too. Um, so they have two players who are very good on the ball and then uh, out and out finisher up top and Wondolowski, which I'm sure they're looking forward to seeing scoring goals again. Yep. Not that it will count towards his MLS record, I don't think, if he scores. Yeah, it'll be something separate. LB is, this yeah, this se- whole tournament is a separate thing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, so I'm, I'm going to say the same thing pretty much. I'll just say Seattle and San Jose. It, it's really this one's kind of a, a sleeper group, you know. In every one of these mm-hmm. tournaments, we have that one sleeper group. But then we go into Group C, which goes back to the Eastern Conference. This one's kind of a group of death. I don't want to say death; it's like a mile. I death. think this is probably the hardest group. Yeah. So hardest yeah. or second hardest? It's the hardest or second hardest? Yeah, because Group F looks pretty good too. So Group F is also excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So like, but this, I, I, this is, is the, this, this is a lot of teams. Of, yeah, this is a group this of death in the East. Exactly. This is a lot of teams who usually finish around each other. Yeah. So it's, it's, this, this one's probably the, the hardest one to call. So Definitely. we have Toronto FC, New England Revolution, score revs, Montreal, and D.C. So this one's really – I'm as a Revolution fan, I'm happy that we got this group. At the same time, I'm scared. <laughs> Because I think we, I think we both agree that DC is going to finish last. Like that has to be. Yeah, I mean their squad quality has dropped off a cliff in the past twelve months. I mean they lost Wayne Rooney, they lost Lucho Acosta, who were their two main threats in front of goal. 
They haven't replaced either of those players really effectively, I don't think. And they're looking at two of the better attacks in MLS in the Revolution and Toronto and a brand new coach in Thierry Henry of Impact Montreal and a very, very exciting team that has a lot of European talent in it. Safir Tider, Boyan Kirkic, Victor Wanyama, all featuring in that team. These are players who are playing in the Premier League or in the top. I believe Safir Tider was playing for Sassuolo. These are players who are playing at the top European level not, not too long ago. They're not ancient players like when Frank Lampard came who are going to be immobile and not be able to contribute defensively. These are players who are um, still able to contribute at a high level. Definitely Victor Wanyamo is someone to w- look out for. He's a born leader. He is incredibly strong, pretty good on the ball, can score a goal. Kirk- Kirkic is a, I mean, Boyan is just, he's a magician. Like he's always been a magician. It's just fitness with him has always been a problem. And then Safir Tider has been a, a revelation for the, for the impact. They, they were pretty hapless before he signed and then they've been very good. And I think uh, being coached under a, a attacking minded manager like Thierry Henry is going to help them out. But I mean, if I'm, if I'm Montreal or DC, I'm not feeling too optimistic about this group because the Rebs have drastically improved their squad over the last 12 months and Toronto are always solid. Toronto haven't been a bad team for, Eight long years time. now. Yeah, I know. A long time. <laughs> like, so let's talk a little bit more about the Revs here because this this mm-hmm. is a sleeper team, if you ask me. Everyone, no, not everyone's looking at these guys to win because of the Revs. They're the, they're the one team in the MLS that, like, nobody cares about. <laughs> so, like, you lost look at the, the s- finals of any team. Yeah, lost six gone to five. I, I believe it's five MLS Cup finals and lost every one a rough time hey they could win the mls's back cup and win it the first yeah that would be that would be good but if you look at the team the revolution attack is amazing it's an insane uh, attack yeah yeah bushkas was a new signing from poland he scored a mm-hmm. bunch of goals in poland and he's already like the two games like, the three games that we saw him play for the revs he already scored he's already looking good so mm-hmm. then you have gustavo Bo, who was revolution player of the year maybe last year but then you can argue that Carlos Hill was because Carlos Carlos Hill is like the magician. Like you saw, uh, what is it, Boyan? He's the magician. Yeah. Carlos Hill is the magician. Carlos Hill is the younger version of Boyan, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have that. Like you look at the rest of the team. You know, Teal Bunbury. He can maybe if you put him in the right spot. Thirteen goals last yeah, season. If you, put, if you put him in the right spot, Pretty he's going to contribute. And then the defense. Yeah, I think that that team has a very high ceiling. There's. You're saying about the defense? Yeah, so defense. Yeah, I think we got delayed there for a second. But uh, yeah, the defense is looking good, too. You know, Matt Turner's in net, so you're you're getting saves. And Andrew Mm -hmm. Farrell, slower defender, but he gets the job done. Yeah, Michael Mancien, who's had a hard time, but he's still trying to find his groove here. I don't know if he's ever going to get it. Mm-hmm. Antonio De La Mea, he's always been a solid guy. He's a good guy in the box for corner kicks. He gets a bunch of heads on, so Definitely. you have that. You have on the wings, you have Brandon By. You have uh, – what's his name that came from Manchester United? Or he used to play for Manchester United. Agu- uh, 
You have Alex Butner at left back. Yeah, Alex Butner. You have uh, who else Alex did they sign? Butner. Yeah, I forgot who else they signed, but they have a much well, better team. They really did go out and sign some guys. One of the most important things that they made was happy for that. And that's Henry Kessler. Henry Kessler is one of the best defending coach in college soccer last year. He's very young, but he's close ball and can distribute the ball, but is also someone who's very defensively steady as a throw who's voted right back to center back. And Kessler is someone who's a traditional center back. He's taller than Earl, will provide more of a threat in the box from crosses and things like that. And he, he was free. He was the draft. So that's a player who's going to step right into that team, has already started two games, and is going to be someone who could be in the team for the next you know, five, six years. And I think creating a relationship between Farrell and Kessler is going to be hugely important because we have so many young players in the team now. With Dewan Jones off the bench at, at left wing, and um, you've branded by it right back. You've got Nick Firmino who could who could feature um, Justin Rennix who could feature, yeah. and that's all matching some of the strength off bench, which would be Wilfred Zahibo coming in to play defensive mid. He's a huge aerial threat, and then also on the bench uh, if he doesn't end up starting, which he could. Who one of the best performers his entire career since he was 17 years old. Um, he hasn't got as much game time recently, but I think he could make a huge impact in this team. But it's it's a great team. They have Pozuelo and they have Joe Yator, who are both excellent. They picked up Piatti, uh, who used to play on Yol in the Spanish um, He has several European seasons under his belt, and then Josie Altidore scores goals. That's his job. That's what he does. And he hasn't scored goals. So they're a different team, but so are the Revolution. I don't think we can we, we should uh, try and underline how underrated this Revs team could be because to Revs fans who have watched this is probably the best the squad has looked since we made MLS Cup in 2014. So what do you got as a prediction? <sighs> I'm going to go with my heart and say that New England finished first. And then Toronto second. I'll probably say the same thing. I think we have to be biased here. I'll mm-hmm. be watching these games. Thank God the Revs got two I mean, Buxa, games one nine o'clock game. Buxa and Till Bunbury have already scored in this MLS season. They each have one goal. So that's just showing you that we have two players who can score goals, not even to mention Gustavo Bo, yep. who is in the uh, Mexican League team of the season, voted by fans, uh, was voted into the team of the season two years running when he played for uh, Tijuana. So he's a player who can score goals too. And Carlos Gill can score goals. Diego Fagundes can, can score goals from, from anywhere. He has a great shot from outside the box. But like I said, that Toronto squad is, a, is an absolute unit. They just have like, Good, solid players in pretty much every position, and then some superstars who are going to really push them on, and a good goalie in Alex Bono. Yep. Yeah, I'll say the same thing. I'll say New England, Toronto. But going into Group D now, going back to the Western Conference, 
We have RSL, Sporting Kansas City, Colorado Rapids, and Minnesota United. I think this is probably, other than, other than Group A, this is probably the, the weakest group. Um, there's no, there's no team that's really challenged in the playoffs recently. Minnesota deceptively have a very good squad. Um, they were terrible in their first MLS season and have steadily improved since then. They have a pretty good squad. They have Kevin Molino. They have Metzener at right back. They have some good players. They were a lot better when they had Christian Ramirez. Uh, yeah, Christian Ramirez, but he's moved on. Um, so I would, I'm a little bit wishy-washy on Minnesota because I, I haven't really seen them play. Whereas you look at a team like Sporting Kansas City, they're not a spectacular group of players, but they have solid players all around. Ike Opara, Graham Zussi, Daniel Jaloy. You just, you just have quality in a lot of positions in that team. And I think Sporting Kansas City could pretty easily walk away from this group with two or three wins, I think. All right. So what do you got for a prediction? I would say Sporting Kansas City first and maybe Minnesota second. But I think Real Salt Lake and Minnesota are going to be pretty close to each other in terms of quality. Real Salt Lake have a great coach and they have some exciting young players, but they also have some vets. Um, recently, their keeper of many years has retired. Nick Armando, probably the best keeper in MLS history, is retired now, I believe. Um, so it's definitely going to be a different look for RSL, but I think RSL and Minnesota are probably pretty evenly matched. It's going to be goal scoring for both of those teams. That's going to decide it though. So I'll say sporting Kansas city first, Minnesota United second. All right. I'm moving into group E this one. This one is an unfortunate one for one team. So we have, Atlanta. <sighs> we have Atlanta, Cincinnati, uh, New York Red Bulls and Columbus Crew. So Cincinnati, or yeah, Cincinnati. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Cincinnati, you're done for, in my opinion. They were the worst team in MLS last full season. Probably the they worst team in MLS really, They they have not really improved their squad very much. I mean, they signed Jurgen Lockadia, who I like a lot. He scored goals in European leagues. He's scored a lot of goals in the Eredivisie. We've seen players come from the Eredivisie, the Belgian league you know, and come to MLS and do well. I could see Jurgen Lacadia doing pretty well. He has already scored. Oh, and I forgot to mention in the last team, Alan Polito is Sporting Kansas City's new striker. He's already scored and he looks excellent. In this squad, in the Cincinnati squad, you have uh, Seem Diong, who used to play for Newcastle, I believe. Uh, Seem Diong, who has European experience, and Jurgen Lacadia. So two, two Netherlands-born players who might have some sort of chemistry connection on the pitch that could be nice but otherwise Cincinnati have a pretty decrepit team they were pretty bad last year I mean um Alan Cruz was probably their best player and that's not a name that really many people know uh he was he was pretty good but it's not like he was amazing um I would say the other three teams in this in this group though have way more squad quality just across the board they look much better and then you have Atlanta United the the money hungry beasts of MLS. They've spent more money on players than any team probably ever has on foreign players. And it, it is truly remarkable what their squad is shaping up to be. They've lost you know, they've lost players who have gone on to play for, for teams outside the league 
you know, such as Miguel Almiron, but they replace these players with players of exceptional quality. They have Ezequiel Barco, who's one of Argentina's brightest young talents. They have Jurgen Dam, who they just signed. They have one of the best goal scorers in MLS history, Joseph Martinez at striker. They have a solid goalie in Brad Guzan in that. They have great young players. They have uh, Robinson at center back, who's, who was a revelation last season for them, uh, is a young American player. They, they have a great squad, and I honestly don't see it finishing any other way than Atlanta in first. But the second-place spot is interesting because New York Red Bulls were excellent last MLS season. They were great. But they tend to do really poorly in knockout-style tournaments and do very well in the league. They always struggle in, in MLS Cup playoffs and do very well in the league. So unless they can arrest that sort of fragility in their squad where when it comes down to it in high-pressure situations, they do poorly, I don't think they're going to do very well in this tournament. And Columbus have a great squad right now. They have Zellerion, who they signed, I believe, from the Mexican League. He's a talented, young Argentinian playmaker. Excellent on the ball. I believe he's already scored a goal. And it was a great goal, if I remember correctly, in the regular MLS season. And they still have Jossi Zardes. They lost Will Trapp. He now plays for Inter Miami, and he was their captain. But they still have a very solid team. And uh, they have some wing talent now, which previously they didn't really have. And uh, they have Abubakar at center back, who is a, who's a, great, a great, great, solid defender. And he has a great head of hair. I don't know if he's cut it recently, but he has a great head of hair. All right, so what do you got for predictions? Atlanta I'm going to say first. <laughs> Atlanta first. And then second, I'm going to give a chance to I'm going to give a chance to the crew because I think the crew have something to prove and they have a good squad with a lot of attacking talent right now. All right, I'm going to go Atlanta first. And I'll just give it the second spot to Red Bull. They, you know, you Red Bull they're pretty good. They're pretty good they're until the team. pressure hits, so if Kaku uh, Kaku Romero they have um, another Polish midfielder whose name is escaping me right now. They don't have um, Bradley Wright Phillips anymore. He plays for LA, he's on LAFC's roster, uh, but they still have Daniel Royer, who's a great player. Uh, Connor Laid. They have they have some great players in that team. Still still have Aaron Long, and now they added Tim Parker as of last season. So they have a great solid defense. Uh, Luis Robles does not play for them anymore. He's not their keeper anymore, which I think was a big shock for Red Bull fans, but. They still have a great squad, so I could see it going either way. I mean, really, Atlanta just looks too good to not finish top, but then I think the second place could could easily be Red Bull or Columbus. It really is going to come down to goal scoring with both of those teams. All right, we're going into the group of death next. This one, this one has corruption written all over it. And, you, and you've got you've got to feel sorry for Houston. Yeah, this, this is the worst thing that could have happened to Houston. So we have LAFC, LA Galaxy, Houston Dynamo, and the Portland Timbers. So and the news the news that Carlos Vela, Vela is not going to be playing during this tournament came out a couple hours ago. So that's one guy that won't be playing. But like, uh, and yeah, that is that is big news. You you're losing the reigning MLS MVP. You're losing. Your goal scorer, your best creator, and the best player in the league. So you're and your captain. He's the captain of that team. So 
a player who's a leader on the field, a leader in goals scored and assists, you're losing him. It would be like, it's like losing Wayne Gretzky. Like you're losing the most talented player on the ball, basically. You're losing someone who the fans come to, they come to the stadium to watch. That's a real morale hit. And apparently the story goes that his wife is pregnant and families aren't allowed to stay with the players and he wants to be with his family. So obviously uh, here at the Sports Life Soccer Podcast, we, we support his decision. Uh, but it's certainly going to make it easier for the other teams in this group to do well that he's not playing because on his day, Carlos Vela in the MLS has proven to be damn near unstoppable. He scores braces for fun. I think he's even picked up a couple hat tricks in his time and he dismantled LA Galaxy in the times he's played them. So I think LA Galaxy fans are, are wiping some sweat off their forehead that Vela's not going to be playing. But then again, you look at this LA Galaxy squad and there's still some real quality there. You have Chicharito who just came in. I mean, this, this guy has scored goals everywhere. He's scored goals basically in every team he's played in except for West Ham. <laughs> and he, and he is an incredible finisher. He's actually a little bit underrated, I would say, in build-up. He's actually okay at, at knocking the ball down and holding onto the ball for someone of his frame. He's a great player. He's a proven goal scorer. And his career record indicates what LA Galaxy paid the big money for. I mean, he is a player. He's a real player. The rest of the LA Galaxy squad, though, Roman Alessandrini hasn't played in a long time. I think they didn't renew his contract. Uh, there was a... They released uh, Alexander Katai over a pretty graphic tweet. Um, they, there's been some disruption in that LA Galaxy squad. They don't exactly have a very exciting coach, and they don't have slots on Ibrahimovic anymore. So I would say... That's a lot of their goal scoring right there. That's a lot of their goal scoring right there. But Chicharito could take some of that. But I really do think the team that I haven't mentioned yet is Portland Timbers. Portland Timbers are consistently one of the best teams in MLS. And yes, you can say some of that is due to the fact that they've spent big money on some South American talent in the past. But they... On, with Diego Valeri as their, as their talisman, they have had so much success with so many different squads just rotating players around him. And Diego Valeri, yes, is getting older, but he can still score. He can still create. He's lost basically all of his pace, but there are players around him who can take some of that burden off of him. They have some great young South American players in that team. The problem, I would say, with that team is probably the defense. Their defense hasn't been great, but... They're an attacking threat. They're way more of an attacking threat than LA Galaxy. But I think LAFC is going to be the team that's going to be dropping a lot of goals on teams in this, in this group because despite the fact that Carlos Vela is not playing, LAFC have signed Bradley Wright Phillips, New York Red Bulls all-time goal scorer, one of the highest goal scorers in MLS history. He's older, but he can still score. He's still, he's still great in front of net. You have Diego Rossi who was excellent last year, one of the best players in MLS. I believe he's only 22 or 23 years old. He's energetic. He can carry the ball. And then they lost Lee Wen, who's, who's an important player in their midfield. But they, they have other players in that midfield who are, who are going to adjust and, and be able to make up for that. I believe Atuesta plays for them still. Uh, he's a great creative deep-lying midfielder, can put in a tackle, can score a goal. Um, I, think, I, I think it's really LAFC's group to lose. LA Galaxy don't look great right now. They have Chicharito, but creatively they don't look great. And Portland have Diego Vlary, who is 
easily one of the best players in MLS history. But yeah, former MVP, former MVP, former MLS Cup winner. But the rest of their squad just doesn't match up anymore. I don't think. And they lost. Um, they were, they lost Brian Fernandez. Brian Fernandez now plays back again in the South American League. He was an incredible striker for like a four-month period. He had a goal to game in MLS playing for, for Portland, and they no longer have him at striker. So definitely for me, I'm going to say LAFC first. And then for second place, it's really between Portland and LA Galaxy, and I, I don't think Houston have a chance of finishing second. But the way this tournament works is the, the next three highest-ranking teams in the group stage outside of the top two from each of the groups and outside the top three from Group A, they get a chance to go into the knockout round seeded against the best teams. So I could definitely see the, th- the three teams that I mentioned from this group, LAFC, LA Galaxy, and Portland, advancing to the, to the uh, knockout stage. Regardless of what the order of the teams is, I think all three of them will probably go through because I think all three of those teams are going to beat Houston. Yeah. Houston's going to have a rough ride is what you're saying. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Just like Cincinnati. Yeah. So I'll, I'm going to make my bold. I'm going to make – so we haven't made a bold prediction on this video yet, so I'm going to make a bold prediction. I'm going to put LA Galaxy first. I'm going to put Houston second. And then third, I'll probably do LAFC. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, feel like I feel like losing Bay. Houston Bea, aren't a, Houston like aren't a bad. Losing Bay is such a big thing. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's huge. It's going to be massive for LAFC. Luckily for them, though, they do have Diego Rossi, who is incredible. He's a great player, and yes, there's so. It seems as if there's so much of a gulf in quality between a team like LA Galaxy and LAFC and Houston, but Houston have some decent players. They have Saren, who used to play for Orlando. They have Darwin Quintero, who played a lot for, I believe Quintero is, I think he's Colombian. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. Colombian. He played a lot for Minnesota United. And then they have their, ta- uh, Houston Dynamo have their talisman forward, Albert Ellis, who is also similar to Diego Rossi, a goal-scoring winger. And I, you know, I, I don't think that's, that crazy of a prediction there, Rob. I think maybe Houston might be able to, you know, even qualify for the knockout rounds as the third team. Who knows? I mean, it's going to come down to whether LAFC can rally without Carlos Vela and whether the team can provide Chicharito with chances to score, which we know he will put away. Yeah, that's that's our group prediction. The MLS is back up. If all goes well here, we'll might, we might as well just do a uh... – a knockout phase prediction. Maybe look back at what we said here. Maybe we're gonna maybe like one of these predictions is gonna look so dumb. Probably mine, but you know, it's how life works. It's, how, it's the fun of this all. But uh, all these games are gonna be going on. There's gonna be a 9 a.m. game, which kind of makes no sense if you ask me. Like usually the players wake up at 9 a.m. to practice. <laughs> yeah. And then the 8 p.m. games, and I think there's a couple 10:30 p.m. games for us up in. Uh, the yeah. East Coast, so I mean, there'll be plenty of games to watch. This should be good for the MLS, maybe pick up a few more viewers, especially since the other leagues in the world are starting to finish up now. So let's hope something's good here. Let's hope that at the end of the day, the revolution win it all because we want to win something. So, but uh, that's the video. We'll be back for the, uh, we'll be, of course, we'll be back for 
regular podcast, and we'll do a knockout stage preview. So until then, have a good one.